All right, welcome everyone. Before we start Parsha's Teldais, which is packed with new information, I want to take just a couple minutes to talk, reflect a little bit about last week's topic on the anger, because um, anger is such a huge topic, and it's something that we've had a lot of misunderstanding around, or, or I would say a lot of understanding around that the way I brought it up last week is very different than everything we've always known about anger. So I just want to reflect on it for a couple minutes and share a, a couple, like a little bit more information. And then if you have any questions or thoughts, we'll take like five minutes on this. So first of all, I want to say, because someone commented last week and said, oh, we've always learned that anger is like the biggest no-no. It's a, a vaidazara. It's the ultimate of vaidazara. When you're anger, angry, it shows that you're not trusting in Hashem because someone triggers you, you know, and sets you off. And then you react with, you know, frustration or, or anger. And then you're basically saying that this person has power over you and you're not trusting that this experience is from Hashem. So first of all, I want to say, of course, that is a vaidazara. And that's not the anger I'm talking about. So I want to differentiate that when someone comes and triggers you and brings up, you know, a childhood wound or whatever, and then you're furious, and then you, this person you think has control or is your higher power and you're, what an idiot, how dare you talk to me that way? You, you know, and you make it about the person and you're letting out your hurt at this person. That is a vaidazara because you're giving the power, your power to this other person. So first of all, the anger that I'm talking about is completely different. It's when someone triggers you, you're conscious of the fact that no one is your higher power and no one and nothing happens without a reason. And there's no never a story without a shem in it. So if someone comes and triggers something within you and you feel angry, coming from a healthy place where you're living with Hashem, you say, I am so angry. And this person, thank you, was used as a vessel from Hashem to trigger something within me, to redeem something, to release something, to experience something because it's has been dormant in my body. And this person was used as a vessel, as a vehicle to arise within me, something that I've never felt or released or healed. So the first thing is that this person is not your enemy. This person is actually being used by Hashem. And of course, Hashem is going to use people that are most near and dear to us because people who we couldn't care less, if they say something to us, we could dismiss it. Ah, they don't mean that much to us. People that are very close to us, the people we love most, often are the ones that trigger us the most because we have deep emotional connection with them. So it hurts us the most. And so the premise of this healthy, holy anger that I'm saying is, wow, thank you, Hashem, for sending this person to awaken within me this power and passion in my body and then you do you it's never about this person and then you allow the anger to arise within you and feel it and see it as this passion that's burning inside of you and then you do the work to release it so that's that's number one number two i mean i keep i kept thinking about us after huva brought up like oh in the Torah, i kept saying it says that hashem is angry every single time the Yidin, we do things that separate us from Hashem. We do something disconnected. It says Hashem is angry. What does it mean? That Hashem is so passionate and loves us so much and so knows the way it should be, what emotional intimacy is with us and oneness. And that when we do something to detach, Hashem's passion is boiled up and, and rises up because it hurts to detach. And when we think about it, you know, all these years and all this time when we've suppressed anger, all these things that happened were lack of justice, things that were so inappropriate, lack of honor, a lack of honor of the Jews, a lack of honor to women, a lack of honor to our voice, to our truth. And when we suppress our anger, we're basically going to like status quo, fine, whatever, this is the way it is. This is what people think. This is like, it's like this passive reaction. And when we feel anger, it's like Hashem's holy anger inside of us. It's saying, no, like we're worthy of more. I know that there's more. I want connection. I want justice. I want now, we don't let it out at someone, but when we're feeling it, we're we're keeping ourselves awakened to truth. What was Gullus? Exile was this deep, deep slumber, the zombie state of like total disconnect of what's right, what's wrong, what we're worthy of. So the, as we open up to Google consciousness, to to, Amesim, to awaken our, our life within us, the, the flame within us, accessing anger is that accessing the truth and that passion which keeps us trailblazing the truth it's an aliveness and not this state of like whatever 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 and another really really powerful 
point that someone brought up to me, I was thinking about last week that it says in the Megillah that every time it's, it doesn't say Hashem's name clearly, it says Melach, king. And whenever it says the king, according to Hasidus, that it's referring to Hashem. And in the Megillah, it says that when Esther stood up for her people and stood up to what was right and expressed what she needed to express, it says the king's anger subsided. That's so powerful if you think about it, that basically the king, which is Hashem's anger was flaming and passion because what was going on was so not okay. And, you know, Haman was going to kill the Jews and the Jews were separated from their truth and not standing up for what was right. And in the beginning of the story, they were assimilating, right, and, and going and wanting to become part of the Persian culture and everything. And then when finally, when Esther stands up and says, I'm going to stand up, I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to stand up for, and even though I'm afraid, and even though maybe I'll be killed, I'll still do what I need to do. Then, Hash, then Hashem's anger subsides, meaning that within us, like that anger is Hashem's anger within us. And it awakens within us to stand up for what's truth. And when we do, and we stand up for what's truth and we honor ourselves and stay in who we need to be, the anger goes away and ultimately just brings us to our inner strength and we're not living with anger forever at all it's just it's just like a, an ignition of truth i don't think i said that word correctly but anyways that's what i wanted to say about anger but we have so much to say about this week's parsha um but i will say if, if anyone wants to make a quick comment i'll we'll take one more minute on this and then move forward anyone i i'm I can't come on camera. I'm driving, but I just have to tell you that I heard that you're gonna love this. That Asav cried three tears this week in the parsha when um, it says when he he went to get his bracha and he found out that Yaakov had come already, and he cried three tears and two of them fell and one of them stayed inside and he suppressed all of that humiliation and anger and that one that stayed inside that suppressed tear is what we are like having the effects of now is that when you don't express it, you have all his descendants who have all this Hamas. <laughs> yes. Basically. That's beautiful. And actually it reminded me it's, there's also, I don't know so much about it. Um, I would, I, I want to do more research, but it says that Yishmael who represents anger, Yishmael is anger and in, intensity and his children are the Arabs and Asav represents, um, desire and pleasure in the physical world um, and his children are Edom and both of them when they're refined they actually bring holiness like using anger in a positive way and Asa we're, we're going to talk about more but using pleasure and desire in the physical things in a holy way is how we redeem the whole world but Yishmael it says that he only had a half bris for some reason I don't I don't again I I'm, I don't know enough information about it but it's interesting to think that Yishmael had a half bris, which is like, and we've been talking about that the circumcision of the heart is to experience full, the full range of all your emotions and all the anger and releasing it so that you could get to the aliveness and the pleasure and joy in Hashem's essence. And Yishmael only had a half a bris. So there was a part of him that was stuck and suppressed. And so his anger is not elevated. And so you see where his anger is totally used through violence and because he's suppressed. So again, I don't, I, I think I heard that and I thought that was very, very fascinating and interesting, but definitely a topic worth exploring more. Okay, let's, let's dive into this week's topic because there's so much to say. So before we go in, I, I what I'm going to do is, I think from now on, I'm going to give over the, gen, the whole idea and then we'll take the last five, 10 minutes and read inside. Because um, once we have the whole idea, then we could use the context and then be able to understand the Rebbe's words inside. Um, so before I start, I was thinking like the best way to explain this is through a parable, a mashal, um, to really like bring light and bring it in a very grounded way. This The whole concept of the Rebbe's teaching for Teldais. So imagine that there is a king who has this burning desire to build a magnificent palace that fits everyone in the entire world like this beautiful palace with gardens and rivers and waterfalls and and beautiful an art room and a and a theater and everything 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 you could imagine he has this desire to have everything in this one palace and that's his ultimate dream the thing is 
that all the material that he needs to build this palace is still very coarse. Like he wants gems and diamonds, but they're buried under the ground, under the dirt. And he wants to use wood, but the wood is still like in the trees and it's very splintery. And, you know, all the materials in a very coarse, disconnected way. And so he says he takes, you know, thousands of people and he says, look, my desire is to have this palace to live in and, you know, to live happily ever after and enjoy the splendor and the delight and the pleasure of the beauty and magnificence of this palace that's going to have everything we desire and everything I desire to live here and express my essence. But first, before we even build, we need to refine and, and find all the material to make it ready for the palace. So he gets all these people to work for him to, you know, chop down wood and then actually take the wood, the chop down trees. And then from the wood, you have to, from the trees, you have to cut down the trees to make wood. And then you have to take sawdust and, you know, take out all the splinters and shine the wood and, go down and dig for the for the diamonds and the jewelry and everything and all these different parts in order to access and to get and refine the material to build. So that's stage one and it takes a lot of Masira Snafesh. And for the people, you know, they have to work really, really hard to find this these materials that are coarse and refine and prepare it for even the, the stage of building. And they feel so disconnected because it's taking so long and it's so much Masira Snafesh and so much hard work. So the king, gives them some tools. He says, you know, I'm giving you these tools to help you, you know, whatever, whatever tools, if you need a, um, you need to deal with the trees, I'm giving you the proper tools you need for the trees. If you need a mine for the, for the diamonds and the gold, I'm giving you the proper tools. And if you forget what the goal is, cause it's going to take so long, you might, you know, lose all, all focus and just forget and just get, you know, depressed and distant. And so I'm giving you each a garment of mine, you know, a vest, a sweater, a, you know, a belt, whatever different. Each of you can carry a, a, um, one of, a garment of my clothes. So whenever you get despair and you forget why you're even here and why you're working so hard, you could remember the, the goal, the end goal, because you're holding on to the garment of me, the king, and you're remembering that ultimately you're building something so much greater. So the first stage, you know, every time someone starts giving up they hold on to the garment and they remember okay we're doing this because we're preparing this palace for hashem we're all going to benefit from it we're right now we're so distant from the essence of hashem but you know ultimately it's gonna we're here for something greater but it's really really hard work and then finally comes the next stage where they can actually build the palace all the material has been refined and ready and everything is there at the the you know the land where they're building the palace and they more close to the essence of Hashem, of the king because you know they're painting the walls and they're building everything and they're like the architecture and everything they're they're, they're hands-on they're so so close they're thinking oh the king is going to like it like this and like this and like this and there's more excitement and more closer 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 to the essence but they're still not in the palace and then the third stage once the palace is done the king himself his essence comes into the palace and he's like Ah, oh, all this hard work and all these years, I can finally relax and relish and delight in this beautiful, beautiful palace that has everything I've ever desired and everything I've ever dreamed and I can enjoy it. And he invites everyone into the palace to be with him. And he says, don't think your purpose is done. You might think, oh no, now what I'm going to do? I only spent thousands of years building this palace. Like, help, what now, what now? And he says, no, 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 come on into the palace and enjoy with my essence. Some of you might enjoy gardening. Some of you might enjoy cooking. Some of you might enjoy my art room. Some of you might want to be the musicians in my palace. I'm, there's a place for all of you here. We all going to delight together with my essence. This is why you built this. I didn't just use you to build it and then goodbye. Come into my palace. And what's so amazing is like we're literally in this stage we're at this point we're at the threshold where the rabbi said we've done everything we can we've refined the world we've refined <laughs> our bodies we've we've done you know we've revealed the sparks we've even what's what's was i i think that before hasidus was was revealed that was like where we're refining we were so separate and then when once we got hasidus we were building we were so much closer so much closer and then when the rabbi introduced geula the geula vaida he said you guys have a choice now. You can keep going out, being out of the palace and, and say, no, we're building, we're, we're cutting down the wood, we're, make, we're sawing the wood because we're preparing and, and, and be disconnected or you're invited into the palace. 
and continue enjoying and relishing life and you're still going to do there's so much to do in the past don't be afraid don't think like life is done but you're going to do it with the essence of hashem and all your actions is going to be with pleasure and delight because you're going to be literally one with hashem and this is the invitation that we all have now to literally continue our avida and continue being here who we are but merged with the essence of hashem which brings the so much pleasure and so much delight um so let me just see yeah so until now so the, I, again I'm, I'm just weaving all these ideas in because then when we go inside the sicha we're going to see all these ideas so the rabbi talks about in this week's sicha that yeah beautiful mashal okay. curious what's the part about the king gives us a garment to hold Oh yeah. yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> that's a good question. So this, of course, this this building, this construction, everything, I always say this every single class, but I guess it probably has to be repeated every class, that everything that happens in the world is also within us. So this building and preparing this palace was also the refining of the world and the physical earth outside of us. But then there's also the refining of our bodies and preparing our own individual palace for Hashem's essence within us. So what are the tools? So Hashem had this desire to have his essence be inside of us, inside of our bodies, in the world, but even deeper within us, inside of our bodies. Now the problem is that our bodies were still, were very coarse and they needed refinement in order for Hashem's essence to really, really be able to experience the delight of this world through our body, the, the Hashem's essence was is so much light and so powerful and so infinite. And our bodies were so low and so coarse that there needed to be two stages. So the first stage was like the building and preparing, sorry, the preparing of the material, which is that the nefesh kiss, the godly soul had, was the higher light, was put inside of our body, stage one, to refine the body, to elevate the body to take it from its coarseness and to bring it to prepare it to be a vessel, you know, to refine the ego, refine the separateness and prepare it. What are the tools? So the tools that Hashem gave us, the king, to prepare our body, which is his palace, is number one, the nefesh kiss. It was the tool, it was this powerful light that is, that was, is a revelation of Hashem that was within us so that we can access Hashem, light of Hashem within us to guide us to do what's right. And the other garments are that it was the Torah and the mitzvot, right? The Torah and mitzvot that through doing every time we do a mitzvah or every time we put tzedakah in the tzedakah box or every time we daven or every time we say a bracha, every time we're remembering, oh yeah, why are we doing this? Because Hashem wants a dwelling place in this lower world. Oh yeah. And every time we do a mitzvah, we are preparing Mashiach and we're getting the world ready. It was like, that reminder like oh yeah hold on to this vest like we're we're doing this for something great yeah, this is such hard work and we don't like our great grandparents were doing this building and we're still doing and we don't even why are we still doing oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah so the Torah and mitzvahs was this the way we interacted with it from an exiled state when we were disconnected when we weren't in the palace yet there wasn't so much joy and so much pleasure we weren't connected we weren't in the palace yet we weren't with the essence but we did it because how else would we remember why we're here? It was the best way that we can have consciousness. So it was, it was like the Hashem's garments. It was the closest we can get to Hashem. Um, you understand? So those, are the, so those are the tools. The problem with this stage is, was two things. And we could all say we've all experienced it. And maybe on some level, we still experience it. It's a process. Number one, that there wasn't real pleasure and delight and oneness with Hashem as we were doing the mitzvahs. Like, even when we would daven, it's like, Hashem, please, please, this far off Hashem, please help me from this problem and this problem and this problem. And everything we did was like for the hope that like we could feel maybe a glimmer, glimpse of Hashem or a glimmer of hope inside of our bodies or, you know, it was, everything was very disconnected. And there was a lot of fear based. We didn't have so much delight and pleasure in what we were doing. And the other major issue, and, and the rabbi is gonna speak about this, which is amazing, is that we didn't have peace and tranquility as the foundation. 
because everything we were doing was in a frazzled state of never, never, never enough. No matter how much Messiah, no matter how much Lichas, no matter how many programs, no matter how much Avis Yisrael and opening our house to guests and doing this and this and this. The second we stopped, I'm worthless, I'm not enough. And an amazing program, 150 people came. It's done, it's over, now what? Who am I? I'm a nothing. It was like we could never, ever stop. We could never be enough. It was never fulfilling. And the reason is, is because the Rebbe explains, and we'll read inside, is that we were only had access to the Nefesh Elikis. And the Nefesh Elikis, as holy and as special and as powerful and light as it is, it still has its inherent worth connected to its light, connected to its value of what it does, what it performs, the mitzvahs that it does, the light that it is. And the Rebbe connects it to like, you know, like a firstborn child, son or a child, you know, there's still going to be a connection like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm deeply, deeply loved because I'm a child, but there's still, there's, there's still like, oh, because I'm a child or because I did, you know, did this and this and this, or I accomplished, there's still, the neshama still, the nefesh still has its worth connected to the actions, to what it does. And so therefore on that level, because we really only had access to that level and to that light, we never were able to really stop and never to be able, because even if we wanted to, and we said, oh, my back's breaking, like, I, I want to stop. The worthlessness was so deep that we couldn't stop. And we kept going, 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 going and ignoring our body and ignoring our limits because we always had to be chasing that worth that was connected to the, to the soul, the nefesh kiss. Um, and it's so powerful. We're going to read it. Yeah. Can I ask you to expand on that? Yeah. I don't understand. The nefesh key is a chalak mamish. So why is it connected to our light? Why is it connected to us needing to like chase our worth? If it's a literal piece of Hashem, why is that not enough? That's a very good question. And I am going to read it inside um, that part. Um, but the, the rep is saying it's like, it's connected. What, what's the question? Yes. She's saying, why, if the nefesh elakis is literally a spark from Hashem himself, why does it have limited value and limited worth in itself? Like, why is it not enough on its own? And hopefully when we read it inside, you, you know, your own being will connect to it and get your own answers from it. But what I'll say is something that's just actually coming to me now, I didn't think about it before, is that if the nefesh kiss, its purpose, its whole purpose, it's a spark from Hashem that came down. It's a revelation of Hashem that came down to fulfill, to refine the body, to elevate the world, to prepare the world for Hashem's essence. It's, it's, a, it's preparation. Ultimately, it, it came down as it's a tool. So it's, Sorry, it's I actually... What? So I want to understand more the question. It's about why it's not enough not to do, not only to be, and the question why we need the mitzvah. What I didn't no. understand. Like, so we're saying that until now, we only had access to the nefesh elokit, right? That's godly spark within us that was here to refine and it was here to, you know, guide us to do Torah and mitzvot and to stay on par and stay connected to Hashem. And I was saying that from that space, we were limited in our inherent value. Our value was very much connected to how much we do, how much we accomplish, how many mitzvot we do. We didn't have inherent value because as soon as we stopped doing a mitzvah or doing something good or elevating something from that place of quiet and still, we were so uncomfortable because we didn't have a value separate from what we were accomplishing and what we we're doing because the nefesh kit only has a value by what it's accomplishing and what it's here to do. You understand, Viviana? That's yeah. the question. Yeah. So the nefesh elokit is, is created as a spark from Hashem that was put here to refine and to elevate and to do Torah and mitzvot and to do action and to light up the world. And so that's what it was created for. So its inherent worth is connected to that. And the essence of Hashem 
is not a creation. It's the essence of Hashem. It's not a ray. It's not a spark. It's not a part. It's the actual core of Hashem that just is. It's this isness, the essence, the the essence of all energy that just holds everything that is not defined or separate from anything but all the isness of the now of Hashem. Does that make sense? Okay. Now it's so 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 powerful that we're gonna read this inside also that ace of I, I love this because this is like again the rabbi takes stories that like no matter how many levels of understandings and answers we had it doesn't come close to these answers so the rabbi is going to say here why does asav what does it mean that he goes and he he goes to yaakov and he says you know what fine take my firstborn i don't need the firstborn you could have it i want edom edom I want these red lentils. So the Rebbe is saying, what is Edom, Edom? If you switch around the words, Edom, Edom, it's the same words as Ma'od, Ma'od. And the Rebbe is saying, he's like, you think I care about this firstborn? This firstborn is is, is the level of nefesh kiss, spirituality. Oh, I'm so great because I'm the firstborn. Because I'm the firstborn, I have the rights to this, and I have the rights to this, and I have the rights to this. You're so proud of that level. You know what I want? I want Ma'od Ma'od. I want Hashem's essence. I want to be connected to my worth because, because I'm not, I don't care. Firstborn, not firstborn. I am so valued. I'm so loved because Hashem's essence is within me. Why would I want to define myself because of my status of my birth? Don't you know that's so limited? I want abundance. I want expansiveness. I want infinite. I want essence. This Can is, I share something? Yeah. Hama? And just mm-hmm. connecting it to what the Rebbe says in the Tubishvat Sicha that is serving Hashem with pleasure. Hashem mm-hmm. makes that He makes that connection there. So wow. With your whole being, Maidecha, with your hoping that when I love that because that's so important because how do we reach this Maid Maid, this abundance, this expansiveness, this above, you know, limitations, above worth that's based on what we do when you and then that, that's it's a it's a perfect intro to the, my next part of what I'm going to share is that when we access and open up all parts of us, ma'id ma'id, every single part of us, our our nafshel kiss, our nafshel Bahamas, the essence within us, our head, everyone's in everything's in alignment. Then we experience wholeness, and then we experience expansiveness, and we open up to the infinite energy that's within us. But as long as we're only accessing just parts, we're we're only like, you know holding on to just little parts of us so we, we're not accessing the infinite power that we could have so thank you javi for bringing that up okay so then i, I am jumping around a little bit in terms of the flow of the sicha but because i feel like it just for me uh, my brain wrapped around it better this way um the, so the rabbi introduces this idea of of connecting to the essence of our worth, the essence of Hashem, which is connected to our inherent worth, which is connected to accessing tranquility and peace and the do the final, finally getting away from frazzled, I'm never enough, I have to do, 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 I can't stop, I can't stop, I can't stop, I'm so overwhelmed, but the second I stop, I, I feel horrible and I have to keep going to peace and tranquility. Because the Rebbe introduces the idea by asking this question, why is this week's Parsha, Taldais, called Taldais, if Parsha's Noach actually starts with the exact same Pasuk? Noach starts with, and these are the children of Noach. Ve'ele Taldas Noach. And this week's Parsha, which is called Taldas, is Ve'ele Taldas Yitzchak, and these are the children of Yitzchak. So usually, like the Rabbi said, the Pasuk, the Parsha is usually named one, uh, one of the first words of the of the of the words in the pasuk of the first pasuk of the parsha, so really Noach should have been called Toldos, and this could have been called Yitzchak or whatever. So the rabbi is saying, of course, there's no mistake, and the the series and sequence of the parshas is also the sequence of our journey in life, and that Noach was before the giving of the Torah, before even the process of getting the Torah, because it was before Avraham. Avraham when he did his lech lecha, right? When he left Haran and became Avraham and had a bris was the beginning of the process of merging spiritual and physical and getting the Torah. Noach was way before that. And Noach means tranquility and peace. 
and rest. Noach, that's who he represented. He was right in the Teva. He's the peace and tranquility in the storm. Like no matter what's going on, I feel peace. I'm worthy. I'm calm. And actually, like the Rebbe said in Parshas Noach, that Noach wasn't really chosen because of his merits. He was chosen just because his body was chosen to be the Noach of the generation to withstand all the temptations and to stand firm in who he was and be chosen to keep the future of the human population alive. It was just because he was chosen. And so much so that the Torah says if he was in another generation, not necessarily would be he be a tzaddik, but he was chosen because of who just this inherent space. So Noah represents the essence of just because before Torah, before mitzvahs, before we accomplish, before anything, I'm just loved because how could I not be? How could you not be loved if you're as if you're Hashem's essence inside of you? Like there's no separation. There's just this this wholeness. So that comes first. Then, and 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 basically, of course, in our journey, if we never access that inherent worthiness, that that peace and tranquility and calm inside of us, and we're only in action mode and we never redeem that part of us and it knows our, our worth, we're never gonna be able to stop doing. And then we'll always keep still feeling frazzled and overwhelmed and exhausted and irritated and irritable and angry because our body is not wired to keep going and going and going and going. It's actually physically and humanly, like literally like Mitzrayim, like Pare and Mitzrayim, like abusing the Jews and making them work 24 seven and not stop. It's, it's abusive to our bodies. It's not, it's crazy. But if you don't redeem that inner Noah, that inner calm and peace and tranquility, when you stop, you're always, you feel afraid of that stillness. So of course we have to talk about how to access that, but that's a very, that has to come, come first in order for the, the actions to be pure and to be balanced. So next comes the birth, Toldais is this week's Parsha, and it's the birth of good deeds. And what's so powerful is you would think the birth of good deeds would be Yaakov and maybe a second Yaakov. You know, it's all Torah, it's all mitzvot, it's all spiritual. But the Parsha that talks about the beginning and the birth of our deeds, once we already have Noah, we have our we have our foundation of knowing our worth and now we're ready to do, to perform. It doesn't say just Yaakov, it says Yaakov and Esav. What does that mean? The Rebbe is saying that our good deeds are not limited to only spiritual. It's physical and spiritual. Because if you just have the spiritual, I'm just doing the mitzvah. I'm making sure to do the right thing. Asav, you need to birth both. You need the passion and the desire and the excitement of life and, and seeing Hashem in the physical and having pleasure in, in, in cooking and cleaning and running. And, and I talk about this every single week, but it's every single week comes up. So obviously the rabbi wants us to talk about it every single week. Um, so the birth of these, of these energies are the birth of the good deeds that you need all of them. So Basically, what the Rebbe is saying here is that we have three parts in us. We have the, we have, okay, one second. Yeah, we have three parts in us. We have the inherent essence within us, deep within our body, that is not, is before even any action. It's before physical action, it's before spiritual action, it's before mitzvahs, it's before pleasures, before anything. It's this, stillness and beingness and to me i think it's connected to the evan hashasia which we spoke about in another class like that the evan hashasia the the foundational stone held yaakov when he ran to Karin in the darkness and he had this stone this foundational stone of hashem's essence holding him while he was traveling he wasn't he wasn't in eretz Yisrael anymore he wasn't in Karin. he was in between he was a nomad he was running for his life but he had that essence to hold him in the stillness in the darkness so in order to be fully free, we need when when it's nighttime, when it, we're dark, when it's dark, when we're tired, when we don't know what's next, when we're not clear about. We need to know we're held. We're held by the everything of Hashem, the essence of Hashem. It's just this foundational place, and if we don't tap into that and nurture that every day, we get frazzled because our body needs that nothingness, that space of nothingness, to feel anchored, to feel in the ground, to feel resettle to feel like rested and restored and, and that's nayach that's nayach that's this like stillness like also think about Nach in the teva he didn't 
do anything for all those time he was in the Teva. He was just, in essence, wasn't accomplishing. So it's that space that we're not accomplishing. But if we don't, if we, if we in that in between, if we know our essence and we know our worth, then we could stay in peace and realize that we're just recharging so that our actions come from a space of tranquility and peace. Yes, Rachel. Hi, thank you so much. Um, um, when when Hashem came to visit Abraham mm-hmm. when, on the day before the angels came, what did Abraham do right before Hashem came? I'm just wondering how we can make the space to tune in. He had the breasts. He had the breasts. So was it, is there anything, any other like instructions, like right, how we can invite that stillness, invite that reconnect, remind ourselves. So how, you're, you're, I think what you're asking is how do we connect to that inner Noah, that inner space of inner peace? And yeah. and get anchored. I think it's a it's a really good question, and I do want to address it. And it's a very practical. So I want to just finish these these thoughts, and then take time for the practical. Thank you for asking that. So, what's what what's left? Let's let's talk about that a little bit. So, I want to bring this example again of you know all of us spent our whole life building and preparing for this palace for the king, right? And if we're still think that we're still in the stage of building the palace, then we're still in this frazzle space. We have to accomplish, we have to accomplish, we have to do, we have to do, we have to do. How do we get to our inherent worth? And how do we access, first of all, we want two things. We want pleasure and delight, which is opening up that ace of energy within us, pleasure and delight and, and seeing Hashem in the physical and experiencing everything with, with a lot of passion. And how do we experience this? I guess I, I maybe will answer your question, Rachel, now. Let's see. And how do we experience this, like, being able to really settle into the quiet and worthiness and feeling anchored, even if there's no intense energy around us and we're just being? And the answer is, is that the consciousness that, this, that we're in a different era and we're being invited into the palace. So meaning... When we're outside of the palace, we're still building, we're still accomplishing. We think that we're still in the space that we have to prove ourselves, or, you know, Hashem is relying on us to refine the world, build the palace. Then we're not with Hashem's essence, so we never could relax. But entering into the palace means, first of all, slowing down and realizing that the palace is already done. That's what the rabbi said. We've done everything. And when we're in the palace, we're with Hashem's essence. We're, we're, we're one with Hashem. Hashem is in the palace. So we have everything we need. We feel loved. We feel secure. We feel everything because we're, we're, we're in the palace. And then we also could have all this pleasure and this delight because we're seeing that we're doing it with Hashem. It doesn't, that doesn't answer. That's just explaining the mashal. It doesn't ex- explain the answer. I think, I think in order to answer it, I mean, it's taking all the things that we've talked about in all the classes and applying it, like meaning this quiet space within us is the way I, I see it is we have a lot, a lot of walls around us, around our body, right? And in our body is there's two things in our body that have locked. We've only accessed the Yaakov energy until now, the Nefesh kiss, the soul, spirituality, refinement. That's the only thing that really gave us a sense of worth. Now the Rebbe is saying there's two parts of our body that needs to open up the ace of part, which is last week's class, which is the Nefesh Bahamas, the animal soul, and accessing delight and pleasure and, and seeing Hashem in the physical. And then the Noah part of us is even deeper than that. It's Hashem's essence. It's the calm, the peace and tranquility. And that happens through, we already talked about last week how to access the Nefesh Bahamas, And we talked about like holy anger and accessing all our feelings and opening up. I would say how to access this inner calm and inner peace practicing when we're still when we're quiet and there's nothing going on we'll we'll run, run to the nafashella kiss right how can i be of light how can i be of service what what am i needed for and just pause and say look my ne- life needs balance i have already done i do good things i'm I, i'm going to continue to do good things but my body is needs quiet but i'm uncomfortable so holding space for that uncomfortableness and say in the stillness there's uncomfortableness and until i face this uncomfortableness it will keep being here and if I 
keep running away, I will always be running away. And if I want to stay anchored, what is this? What is making me uncomfortable? And to really look at that and to allow it and hold space in the quiet, we run away from the quiet, we're scared because the quiet is an invitation to feel more, to, to go deeper. And actually, it's an invitation to hear, you know, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Malikani, right? We cover our eyes and we go into essence, like blocking away all the noise. That's the, what Shema is. Like we cover our eyes and we block the external noise and we're trying to tune into our essence. In our, there's, there's external noise around us and then there's inner noise over our essence that's blocking. Like the way I see it is, you know, you go on a hike and then you want to see wildlife. So you, you know, us Californians, right? And you pick up a stone to see what's underneath and there's worms and tons of bugs and tons of things underneath these these rocks that are like a whole wildlife and they you take away their roof so they go crazy they're like ah and they, they don't they start spinning and going crazy because they they lost their found their foundation so it's like when we're quiet we have all these like stones and rocks covering up our heart covering up our body and then if we open it and we sit with it then we're opening up we're like removing those those walls and we're like listening and tuning in and then we have all this like action and whirlwind there's so much overwhelm not just outside there's overwhelm in layers and layers of our nervous system and every time we open up a wall there's more overwhelm in deep deep inside and every time we settle that overwhelm and we tune into what it is and we give a love we're accessing more of the tranquility more of the peace more of hashem's essence because all these outer layers of overwhelm like layers of onions that's in our system in our nervous system it's just blocking the tranquility and peace so everything the first thing is to know is you want tranquility and peace don't look outside of you go in i mean use external things to help you calm down to help you relax if you need meditation music or a bath or a beach or whatever but everything we need is the well inside of us i hope i articulated that clearly yeah javi i just wanted <clears throat> To add to everything you're saying, just what Rafa taught us at the mm -hmm. foundation of the Malchus curriculum, that the Frida Karepa already explained that we are Shabbos. And I've also find that very helpful as a as an infrastructure of how you can actually access the being is just thinking about what Shabbos is, that, that, that that's the time in the crazy week to just be quiet and reconnect to the deepest, deepest essence of Abishta just by being, because we really are Shabbos internally. We don't have to do anything. We just need to stop and listen, which is what you're saying. But just yeah. connecting it to yeah, experience the Shabbos. Yeah, that's why. Um, sorry, Gila, just one second. That's why. I mean, the first thing the Rebbe says is that you have to. Noach comes first. The awareness and consciousness that your that your worth worth is beyond you know how much you do and how much you accomplish and even the tarnmitzvos that you do. Your worth is so deep. And first, it's just intellectual, but let's say you're sitting and in reality, and then you don't feel that in your body. The first thing is intellectually taking that clarity. And like what you're saying, Javi, like I'm Shabbos, I'm a queen, I'm loved, I'm inherently worthy. Oh, well, I don't feel that in my body. Well, why not? Well, if my body doesn't feel that, if I tune in and hear the false belief that's in my body, that's telling me why I'm not inherently worthy, I am, it's actually a gift that I feel uncomfortable because I could listen to the discomfort and listen to that voice that tell me, but, 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 and then I could say, wow, guess what? You are ready to be released. You don't, you don't like take up space in my body anymore. Here's the exit door. Every time we're quiet and I see that in my life, I also like, you know, I went from Tishrei into my son's bar mitzvah and I was going, going, going. And then, and then I was like, didn't know how to stop because my inner world was just like so used to this going, going, going. And then Hashem's like, stop, stop, stop. And then I got sick because it was like, you know, I, you, you got so used to a mode. And then I realized I'm like, oh, now when I'm sick, like more feelings are coming up for me. I'm like, it's a gift because it's an ongoing journey. We That's how we live balanced. You, you do, you accomplish, you do great things, you feel good, and then you're quiet, and then you go deeper, and then you get more anchored and more anchored and more anchored and more anchored and more healed and more into essence. And then and then you take the essence and the tranquility and the peace and the pleasure, and then you bring that higher level into your action again. And then you have the, it's a cycle. It's like you deal with the roots, and then you deal with the branches, and you deal with the roots, and you deal with the branches. And if you're always in the branches and the fruit, and you're not, you know, working on your roots 
you're you become unbalanced so you need to like whenever Hashem stops things and quiets things it's like instead of getting freaked out we could say oh it's time to nurture our roots and spend time here and go to the park and sit and see the sun and go on a walk and see the trees like I'm I'm building my roots I'm building my roots oh now I have more tranquility more peace more essence and now oh Someone needs me to speak. Someone needs me to do something. Oh, wow. I have so much more essence to bring now to my fruit because I just spent the whole two weeks processing so much more information. I'm elevated. That's how we elevate. Otherwise, we're just, we're staying the same. Okay. I I really want to read some inside because it's, okay, sorry, Gila, go ahead. So just very short. Um, I think it's also important to realize that we shouldn't think the whole time and give also room to Emuna and Bitochan that Hashem wants us to be happy and get to this point and to relax and enjoy. Yeah. I and that's really a good point. And that's where Asaf's energy comes in. See, there's 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 the there's the peace and tranquility, and then there's Asaf, which is the the pleasure and delight. So in the peace and tranquility, sometimes we just there's literally literally just being. But sometimes it's like, oh, I don't, you know, there's no like call of the hour right now. So like, what do I want to do? If you, and that's why the, this Parsha has told us the birth of good deeds is Esav and Yaakov. It's spirituality and physical. So, okay, you know what? I haven't, I haven't done something really fun for myself in a whole month because I've been so busy giving, giving, giving. Like, let me go play a ball game with a friend or go ice skating or whatever. Like, it's also Hashem. So like, isn't that great? Like, and if we give ourselves permission, we know we're inherently worthy. And therefore, when we go ice skating, we are inherently worthy and we're going with Hashem. You don't have to feel guilty about it. You can enjoy. And then your life becomes so balanced. Okay. I do, can I say? Um, yeah. I like your example about when you pick up the stone and all the bugs, you know, kind of all like, ah, yeah. but it's like that space where when we allow ourselves to go deeper and deeper within and accept ourselves on all our spaces and feel our feelings like that's not it's no more that exposure feeling of like <laughs> it's like it is and it's okay because I'm with my etzim I'm with the abishter uh that beingness like you said like you know you're gonna go ice skating you're going with the abishter you're in you're in your shabbos you're in yourself you're in your beingness so Therefore, there's no scattering. There's no feeling of like, oh my gosh, they saw, you know, it's like, it's like this space where there's no need for that. Yeah. There's no apology for what's going on underneath that rock. It's, 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 um, and it becomes less scary also much less scary over time. That's why, like, if people say what, like, there's still more layers, there's still more layers, there's still more layers. Each layer, you have abundant more of essence coming with you. In the beginning, you don't have essence, you don't have inherent worth. So when you start the process, it's excruciating. But then you work something through and you have more essence revealed and more essence revealed and more essence each process. So then by the time you're doing it all the time, it's like so much essence is holding you that it's like, it's okay. And you have past experience and you know that it's just going to bring you further into a better place. So you could do it like an, another Sikha, the Rebbe is saying the process is you do it with delight and pleasure when you know where it's bringing you and 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 like you're being held by so much love and so much light okay i want to i know you guys probably have a lot more questions but i want to i do last week we didn't have any time to read inside and i do think it's important to just for some people they like to see the black and white like i know you sarah um but no i, I but i really think it's exciting because you know people could think that i'm making this up so you know i, I think it's important to read inside a little bit and then we could talk. We'll take time to talk afterwards. So whoever has the book, it's page 149 in Tall Dice, uh, Fifth Ice. I'm going to read a little bit from here. And similarly, regarding the existence of the Jewish people themselves, a soul in a body, just as regarding the Torah and the Jewish people, we prove from what it says in the Torah, command the Jewish people, speak to the Jewish people, that the Jewish people are first. We can first, meaning first before the Torah, that the Jewish people's worth is inherent worth and essence is even before the Torah. We can prove from this also regarding the soul and body that since the commands of the Torah are not relevant for a soul when it is in Gan Eden, rather after it descends below to be clothed in a body, we must say that the body comes first 
and for it the soul was created, and most certainly the creation of the entire order of the gradational descent of the light of Hashem. And the explanation of this, based on what is known, that the choice of the essence of Hashem is in the physical body specifically. So this is just saying here that you could ask, is the Torah first or is the Jewish people first? The Torah is connected to the nefesh kiss, right? Our actions, it's spirituality. The Jewish people is, is our body. We were chosen, and the Rebbe spoke about this many times, that we were chosen, Our material, the material part of our body is what we say is the chosen people, the Jewish people. So the Rebbe is saying here that the Jewish people come first, our body comes first. Soul or body, body first, essence first. Um, and so much so that a soul, if it was, it says, if a soul was in Gan Eden, it wouldn't need the Torah. Okay, let's continue. There is a virtue in the choice, even- All right, what book is it? What? What book are you reading from? Um, this one. Okay. You have it? No, I don't have it. Okay, you should get it if you can. Okay, there is a virtue in the choice even over the sun. That in a sun, this is what I was talking about, then the nefesh kiss is like compared to a sun, which the love of the father to him is a natural love. The bond between them is from a level that there is self-significance in the son that is loved, the virtue of a son, and not from his essence, literally. So the Rebbe is saying, this is explaining, Sarah, what you were asking, like, why is the neshama... The nefesh kiss, yeah, the nefesh kiss is like a sun, that there's still like some self-significance in the, the virtue of the love. It's still limited. And not from his essence, literally. Whereas regarding choice, there is no self-significance of the matter being chosen whatsoever, rather only that this is what he chose with free choice, which is from his essence, literally. The nefesh kiss is, his, is like a spark of Hashem. It's like his soul being birthed in the world. So of course, of course he loves the nefesh kiss. Of course he loves the neshama. It's his, it's, it's his son. But the choice of putting his essence in the body is beyond logic. It's beyond any action. It's beyond anything. It's just, it just because, just essence. And similarly, in the difference between the soul and the body, that the soul is a part of Hashem from up high, literally, a portion which through it you grasp the essence. As the verse says, you are sons to Hashem, your God. Like a son who is a part of the essence of his father, it's bond with Hashem is from a level that there is self-significance to the virtue of the son and not from the essence of Hashem, literally. Whereas the body, which on its own has no virtue, as we've said many times, the material body that is similar in its materialistic sense to the bodies of the nations of the world, rather that Hashem chose it with free choice, which is from the essence of Hashem indeed, the bond is from the essence of Hashem, literally. You're all following these words? Okay, so um, I'm, I'm gonna keep reading because um, there's there's so much here. Like I'm gonna read a few more paragraphs and then I wanna read about um, Asa of saying who needs the firstborn. It's all it's all connected. Um, I'm skipping a couple paragraphs and I'm on page 151, the last paragraph. And after the choice of the essence of Hashem is revealed in the body through the soul being vested to refine the body through the fulfillment of Torah and mitzvahs, then it is revealed also in the soul through the body that is not only a son, rather that it is, it has in it the choice of the essence of Hashem. What is this saying? The rabbi is saying here that there's two phases, and that's why I gave that mushal, that story of the king who at first hired us to build the palace and to refine all the material to make the palace. So that's what it's saying here, that first the soul came and vested in the body, as in to refine it, like to prepare the palace. And second, that... It, and, and on that level, it feels like a sun. It feels loved on a certain level. But once the refining is done, the essence is revealed, meaning the palace is ready. And then the nefesh kiss could be in the palace. And then it reverts and the body nourishes the soul, meaning the body, which is the essence, reminds the nefesh kiss of its worth. You think your worth is because you're the sun, because you're so great, because you accomplished so much? No. The essence is why you're so worthy. And yeah, you're going to keep doing, accomplishing, and doing great things, but from a space of being in the palace with pleasure and with delight. So that's why how the body actually feeds the neshama now. And the neshama gets reminded of its essence. And based on this, we may explain the content of the phenomenon that in the time to come, the soul is nourished from the body. That in the present time, the time of the service of the refinement of the body, the main emphasis is that of the revelation of the light of the soul, the virtue of the revelations, 
again, external, the mitzvahs, the things we do externally, shall be drawn and permeate the body to refine the body, to get the palace prepared. And in the time to come, after the completion of the refinements, again, after the completion of building the palace, the main emphasis will be on the revelation of the essence that is higher than revelations, higher than the mitzvahs, higher than the things that we accomplish, which therefore will be felt in the soul that its bond with Hashem is not only due to its virtue of what it accomplishes, rather because of the essence of Hashem literally, which this feeling the soul receives from the body, which in it is revealed the choice of the essence of Hashem. So the soul, which has only had its virtue and only had its worth because of what it does, the body can, as it's revealed, it's reminding it, it's beautiful what you do. It's keep doing mitzvahs, keep doing good things, but remember your worth. Remember, don't do it because you have to, because you're not good enough if you don't. Remember, take a break. Remember, it's okay to just do nothing also. Hence, in the existence of the Jewish people, soul in a body, and their service in the fulfillment of Torah mitzvahs is revealed the bond of the Jewish people with Hashem in all manners due to the essence, the choice of the essence of Hashem from the perspective of the revelations, the virtue of son, and the virtue of good conduct and good deeds, and res resulting from both of them united as one, that the choice of the essence of Hashem is revealed and permeates the virtue of son and the good conduct and good deeds, namely that the essence is also revealed. What is the saying? The Rebbe is saying, from this space, you have nayach, you have peace and tranquility, you have the good deeds of Yaakov, you keep doing spiritual things, you keep doing mitzvahs. We're not saying don't do mitzvahs anymore. And you have the good deeds of Yaakov, you have um, Yesav, you have pleasure, you have delight, you, you see Hashem in the physical things. That's balance, that's wholesomeness, that's redemption, that's ma'ayd ma'ayd, infinite with your whole being. You're serving Hashem with every part of you. You have everything. You're not like, this part I feel good, but if I'm quiet, then I don't. And and if I do spiritual things, I feel good. But if I do physical things, I feel like a loser. That, does, that doesn't exist anymore from this space. The essence is reminding the nefesh kiss, like balance, you're here to do good, but that's not your only only value. Okay, I, I have like such a desire to read more, but should I, do you guys wanna hear a little bit more? Okay, I wanna read a little bit more. This is the I-7, 153. And we may add and explain in more detail in the Parsha of Taldus. And these are the Taldus of Yitzchak, Yaakov and Esav that are discussed in the Parsha. And by way of preface that since Yitzchak is the first Jew, that his whole existence and children are after the preparation and the beginning of the, preparation and beginning of the giving of the Torah, it makes sense to say that all the aspects of Yitzchak and most certainly the main aspects, the children of Yitzchak, Yaakov and Esav is present in every single Jew. The Yaakov denotes the soul and Esav denotes the body as known that Yaakov and Esav in their source are Tikkun and Tohu, which we talked about, the spiritual energy and the Tohu is, is the pleasure and delight, which in other words, also masculine and feminine, Ma and Ban, and also the soul and body. Again, in the Rebbe's words, the Rebbe is saying, Taldus means Yaakov and Esav, body and soul, masculine and feminine. I want to say, I'm going to read one more little paragraph about that, where Esav says, because it's powerful to read in the Rebbe's words, who needs the firstborn? Yeah, but I just want to say, I, I was thinking an example also that's really powerful to explain, because everything in the world is also in our body. And I've always heard this, I'm sure many of you heard this too, that in a marriage, in order to have proper shalom bayit, where you have like, proper flow, proper love with the masculine and feminine energy. If you just have the two of you, man versus woman, it's me versus you. Well, I think this, well, I think this. How do you have shalom bias? You have to have a triangle, right? Which is three, meaning man, woman, Hashem. And from that space, you're expanding much more space that there's a third way. There's how can we honor me? How can we honor you? And that there's space for both of us. I, when I was learning the Sikha, I was thinking, whoa, that's the same thing. There's body, there's soul, there's nefesh elikis, nefesh Bahamas. You know, there's the, the feminine energy and then there's the spiritual energy. And it's like, they're fighting. They're like, well, I'm I'm more right. No, I'm more right. You know, Yaakov Nesav are fighting. When we redeem the essence of Hashem, which is Noah, the peace and tranquility that's beyond masculine, feminine, body, soul, action. Because even if you're always oh, I'm so tired of doing spiritual, I wanna do some physical, you're still doing. There's still, there could be frazzled in, I'm exercising right now. I am I am gonna make sure to cook because it gives me delight. But if it's not, if it's frazzled, it's still frazzled. So you need the essence of Hashem to like calm, I'm worthy even if I don't do any of that. And that creates the triangle because our, in our body that we need Shalom Bayat too, between our masculine and feminine. So we need to redeem all of those parts.
And then we have, yeah. Something that's really screaming to me, which is like, I'm, I'm kind of like, almost like, whoa. You know, the Sikha where the, where the Rebbe says about, you know, like, Bayal Paro, that yeah. Paro is like higher. Mm-hmm. And Maish Rabbeinu was scared. But exactly. Shem said, I'm going to be with you. It's okay. And here we have also Asav. And you see this Asav like being higher and Paro being higher. We're always like, Asav and Paro, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. But now we're like, this is like, we're ready to say Paro and Asav. We, we're, we, we can like literally embody all of their strengths. That's like incredible. I mean, that's what this, to me, that's what I'm hearing here. It's 100%. Like, so amazing that like we in our bodies, our bodies that are ready to, this is like mamish tohu and tikkun. I mean, we are living beings of tohu and tikkun and, and we can it and, 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 and harness it. And it, and I think that's why there's so much anxiety today and angst, because look what we are all doing now. We're like literally harnessing that. I think there's also a lot of angst because the palace is built and all that's left is to go inside the palace and people don't know that. And when we were when we were supposed to build the palace, there was Hashem fusing us with energy and motivation to, because it, that's the era that it had to happen. Now that it's over, there's literally nothing. There's no life in that because it's done. And people are still like cranking their, their machines and trying to like refine the trees, you know, and make wood. We're like living like bugs under a rock. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like we're a little bit don't like, know what, what should we do. Like, and it's like, like wow, think of who we are. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it's and not the old way is just not working anymore. And people don't know, and they're trying so hard to get inspired and be passionate and find find the light in 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 an era that's gone by. And and you know, this is it. We're we're very, very blessed to be accessing. But by Alpara, come to the palace is exactly you missed the beginning of the class, but I was talking about that right. the whole thing is about no, I'm I'm just saying that about the king. I I gave the muscle of the king coming into the palace that until now we were building the palace and now the palace is done. It's that when when Masha was invited to go into the palace, it says that this energy like the light was so intense and so strong that Masha needed Hashem because he was scared because he was facing like Hashem's essence. So anyways, that's we'll get there when we get there. But um, it's totally, totally connected. Um, I feel like Rachel had something to say. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I don't hear you. Oh, okay. I want to um, just, I feel like yeah. a big piece of this is just this piece of our messiness, like the bugs under the rock. We're like all so messy and we think, well, I'm, I'm not ready for that. You know, it's like, how can I be, be that? And there's a messiness here that we, I don't know for me, I'm going to speak for myself. I won't speak for everybody. I'll just say for myself, there's like a messiness that like everything's not perfect yet. How could we be it? And so that's like kind of also a big, to me a big piece of it because it you know like you said there's a lot of inner work and there's a lot of messiness and cleanup from generations or but that's that's why we need the noah energy to hold this because the nefesh Kiss says i'm not perfect yet i don't do all the mitzvahs i don't do all the mitzvahs perfectly i didn't check for every single bug, bug perfectly and every single piece of kale like um forget it <laughs> hashem doesn't love me you know but th- that's why we need the noah energy because it's like you think hashem it's like loves me based on that. Like that's what I do because that's a part of connecting to Hashem because it's a Hashem consciousness. And, and it's, but it's like my, the love is so much bigger than that. I mean, it's so much greater. It's like, we have to get so much more free from that. And like, then that holds us. Then we have pleasure and delight through this, the healing process, because it's like the worth of forget it. Like it's not even questionable. That's like out of the question. Yeah, I, I managed to work out how to unzoom myself. <laughs> okay. myself. Um, I'm sorry because I missed the beginning of the class. I'm so sorry for myself. Um, but I just wanted to ask you. Um, I'm sorry if it's so obvious to everyone else. The relationship between the body and the soul. Which one is male? Which one is female? <laughs> like oh, so let me see if you could guess. I. So it's the idea of receiving, right? So I would assume the body is female. But yes. it's also action, so I don't know. Well, the the soul is all very about, trans for me at the moment. <laughs> no, the soul, the the nefesh kiss of the soul is masculine because its worth is all about what it does and what it accomplishes. And also, until now, 
the Nefesh Alakis was the leader because the masculine energy was the leader of the world and the feminine energy was suppressed, meaning the body was suppressed. It's all one and the same. And it says that when Mashiach comes, the feminine energy is going to rise and surround like the, the masculine energy like a crown. Like we're, the feminine energy is going to rise and it's going to, we're going to see that the feminine energy is actually much higher, which is the same thing as the body being redeemed. Everything's one and the same. Also, this Torah that we're learning, which is Mashiach Torah, which is Torah Chadash, a new Torah from the Rabbah, the reason why a lot of people don't understand it and can't access it is because it's feminine Torah. The Torah that we've learned until now is masculine Torah. It's Torah from the head, very logical, very halacha, do this, do that. And then the Rebbe knew, you know, oh, he's going to pass away, this era is going to happen, and we have to, the feminine era's beginning, which is the Mashiach era. And so he gave us the feminine Torah, and we were like, I don't know what you're saying, I don't know what this is, I don't... Mm -hmm. And then even when we talk about this feminine Torah, people are like, what are you talking about? That's not what the Torah is saying. Because you can't access this with your head. You have to learn this with your body. The, the feminine part of us knows this Torah. The body knows. Anyone who's in their body will say, oh, this is so nourishing. I've never heard this before, but I can't deny. My whole body is like sparked from this. It, yeah. It's like, I can't deny. Like my body, my brain cannot make sense of it, but my body knows it's truth. That's that's this Torah. This is feminine Torah. And the more and more Gula we go into, the more Torah is going to become all feminine. We're going to see the whole, it's the panemius, the essence, the body. It's the, the same. It's amazing. The same Parsha. Look, we have never learned Parsha's told us like this. This is like, it's it's the same Parsha, but in a feminine way. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, okay, I'm going to read this last. It's just like literally um, 155 on the bottom of the first side, the left side. And based on this, we may explain what is written. And Asaph disgraced his being firstborn in a good sense, Vayivas, an idiom of Bezeh, loot, that he forgoes the right of firstborn for an even greater virtue of the revelation of the essence, which in this is emphasized the true content of the essence, which is not limited to being hidden and is also brought out in revelation, which is higher than the level denoted by firstborn. I, I wanted to read these words because the Rebbe, and I said it before, but the Rebbe is saying, who needs firstborn? We're essence. All right. I've said everything I want to say. Um, so now feel free to well, th thank you all for joining. I'm going to end the recording.